0: Well, I think right now is an appropriate time to have a word of prayer just coming out of that video and just thinking and remembering those who have given the ultimate sacrifice so that we would have the freedoms that we have today. So right now in your homes, would you just bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, we humbly come before you right now and say thank you. Number one, we say thank you that we have freedom in you through your son, freedom from sin, freedom from death, that only through you and what you've done on the cross, Lord, your sacrifice, do we have freedom. Lord, we also give thanks, and we, and we, just, we are just grateful for those that have laid down their lives so that we can have the physical freedoms that we have here in our country, that they willingly went And they gave it all so that we would have freedoms for our families, for our communities. So Lord, we just take a moment to just honor them and their sacrifice. And Lord Jesus, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would comfort the families and the friends who are mourning the loss of a loved one, someone who has laid their life down so that we could have those freedoms but that they are mourning because they don't have that person with them anymore, Lord. You know their pain. You know what they're going through, Lord. So I just pray that you comfort them. And Lord, I also pray for the family and friends who are mourning those who coming back from the home, coming back from the battlefront in the home front have been lost to the invisible enemy of suicide, Lord. That you would comfort them right now as well. In these times of just despair, and all the questions that arise. Lord, meet them where they're at and comfort them and remind them of your love and who you are, Jesus. God, we are thankful that we live in such a great country. And Lord, we just take a moment to honor those who laid their lives down. But Lord, we also take a moment to say thank you that you laid your life down so that we may have the ultimate freedom so Jesus, we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again to our online church service. And my name is Pastor Cooper. Um, thank you for joining us. And like a lot of us have probably heard, we're now in phase two as a county, which means we can have some small groups meeting together. And so maybe even this morning, there's some friends or family that are watching the service with you. We're having brunch together or whatever it is. Um, enjoy that, be thankful for that. And it's such a fun like, new privilege that we have, even though we've always had it in our lives, it's weird when it gets taken away and when it gets put back, we're like, wow, this is so nice and fun. Maybe you got a haircut. Who knows, right? Phase two is now open. And so um, be also staying tuned for us as a church. We're going to be rolling out some new things because there's a little bit more flexibility now in doing some ministry within phase two. So we'll be sending out um, text messages, emails, social media posts of just kind of some upcoming things that will be going on uh, in the life of our church and the ministries that we all um, function and flow in. Well, we're also gonna just do a quick um, digital greeting. So maybe you have some people over. Say hi to them right now, but if not, um, get your cell phone out, text someone. Just say hello, happy Sunday, whatever it might be. And while you do, uh, while while you're. Ugh while you're doing that. Um, This is also a reminder that if you want to partner with us financially in um, in worshiping the Lord with your finances, you can also do that through um, our three different ways of giving. That's online at ChiniFaceCenter.org. That's by sending a check or cash in the mail, or by texting um, using our text to give app as well. And so that slide has the information for you there, but we are so thankful in your giving hearts, your generous hearts. We've been able to see the Lord do some amazing things in the life of our church and still do things in life for church, even during this quarantine of COVID 19. So, thank you so, so much for um, just being a part of that. So, again, take some time to digitally greet someone by text, whatever it is, and uh, we'll come back in just a few seconds here. All right, well, welcome back. Well, as a reminder, in today's service, Pastor Mark is going to lead us in communion. It'll be in the latter part of his message, but uh, we want you to have the elements prepared. So at your home right now, you can get a few things, um, something to be like bread, so it could be crackers, it could be actual bread, whatever it is, some type of food item, and then a liquid item. Maybe you're having some coffee. You could use that. You can have some juice, um, wine, whatever it is, but have some elements ready to go. Um, So within Mark's message, you're ready to partake in the act of communion when he leads you through that. And so if you want to even hit pause right now, (gasps) Oh, sorry, I just paused myself. But you can go and get a few of those elements right now and then kind of come back and get ready because right after I'm done here speaking, which is just in a few seconds, we're gonna go right into Pastor Mark's message and then we're gonna respond with communion and then some worship as well. So with that being said, thanks so much again for just being with us here online. And we look forward to seeing you in person soon. So um, stay tuned with what's happening in our church. and. We'll see you guys all there.
1: Hello, Cheney Face Center, and hello everyone else that is watching today. Thanks for doing church in a different way, in a digital way, and I'm thankful for technology that allows us to still creatively connect. Well, today I'm in one of the beautiful spots in Cheney. I'm at Sutton Park. And uh, I ended up underneath the gazebo because it was raining a little bit, but what a great picture of the PNW and a great spot in our city where we've often met as a church and just been the church together. Normally there's lots of life in this park and kids playing and people throwing a frisbee and dogs running around. And I just thought I'd have it in the background today to remind you that we're in this together and we're gonna be out of it soon. And we're gonna be in great places like this, hanging out and doing life. Well, I hope you read my email this week and saw that we're going to take communion together this morning. So grab your Bible and your communion elements and let's begin. I want to start with a quick word of prayer. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing in us in the middle of this challenging time. Thank you that we find our hope and our peace and our joy in you. Holy Spirit, would you open our heart and our mind right now to the truth that we find in God's word and to a very important topic that we're going to discuss today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We've been in this current series called Christ Over Corona. And our intention with this series was, while we're thinking about different things and life is different, what a great opportunity to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ is over everything. He's over the coronavirus. He's over everything in our lives. This is his planet. This is his universe. He's over everything. And sometimes it takes a moment like we're in now to remember that Jesus is above, above and over everything. Today, um, we're going to talk about the teaching about mortality. Now, the coronavirus is often and regularly heightened the awareness of the frailty of our humanity and our timeline as a mortal being. See, none of us knows how much time we have on earth, but but this fact was true before the coronavirus. It was true before the coronavirus. We just didn't think about it that much because we were just doing life and having fun and doing our own thing and being Americans in a great country. But because the consequences of the virus are deadly, it has made us all aware that our mortality is real. And it's possible that any day could be our last day. Every time we watch the news, they're giving us numbers about how many people have died from the coronavirus, either in our county or our state or the world, or our country, and we're not certain whether those numbers are accurate or bloated, but here's what is true. Every time we see those numbers, the reality of our mortality starts to hit us right here and right here. See, we are mortal, and the coronavirus is making that very apparent. See, we could die at any time, Now, we could die from a number of things that might not be the coronavirus, but the coronavirus is helping us think about our mortality. This is a great reminder that Jesus Christ is over our mortality, and he is the answer regarding our mortality. I want to dig into the word this morning because the Bible tells us a lot about our mortality. The Bible tells us why we are mortal. It tells us how we became mortal. The Bible talks about the struggles that we have while we are mortal and how we can solve them. And most importantly, the Bible tells us the key to immortality. See, mortality is not just a physical reality. It's also a spiritual condition. Mortality is the description that we use... To process and talk about and maybe define our human frailty. uh, The humanness of our physical body and the fact that it won't live forever. But mortality also has to do with our decision regarding our future. Our eternity. Our immortality. See, being immortal might actually best be described as our time on earth. I like this description of mortality, and I think it's important because the biblical reality is that after our time on earth there is a possibility of more time. I want us to begin at the beginning. Great place to start. Genesis chapter 3. So look at Genesis chapter 3, and we're going to discover the beginning of our mortality now let me give you the context we're going to start in verse 17 and read through verse 19 but let me give you the context chapter 1 and chapter 2 God has created the earth he's created everything he's created man uh, he's created woman they're now together he has created a garden for them to live in they've been living in that garden for a umpteen amount of time We're not really sure what that amount of time is. I don't think it's a short amount of time. I think it could possibly have been a couple hundred years. We see several generations of people that are out of the garden uh, after the fall. So it could have been a good amount of time. But in Genesis chapter 3, here's the context. Man and woman have disobeyed God. They've disobeyed the, the only one rule. Don't eat off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God is now telling them the consequences of that disobedience. That's Genesis 3, 17 to 19. Look at it with me. It says, To Adam, God said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Now there's something very, very interesting here in verse 19. Verse 19 tells us that mortality is the result, it's the result of our sin. See, one of the curses that God gives Adam is mortality. That he would return to the dust. That he would die. Now before this point, many scholars and biblical teachers believed that humanity was immortal. Because we could eat from the tree of life all we wanted. And God's life is eternal. It's immortal. So before this point, humanity is living in the garden, in perfect relationship with God and one another, in an immortal state. It's not until after we had sinned that the reality of death and mortality is introduced to humanity. See, disobeying God had a hefty price. It started our mortality. It's very true throughout the rest of Scripture as well that death is the consequence of sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Two very important paradoxes. Our sin will lead us to death. Our relationship with Jesus will lead us to life. See, the Bible communicates that mortality is a result of our sin. But throughout time, humanity has also discovered that sin can become the finality of our mortality. What does that mean? It means that our sin often leads to our death. See, the sin of humanity is a stark reminder of our frail mortality. As we have grown with sin, embraced sinful lifestyles as cultures and society, as we have announced that we like sin better than God's holiness, then we've actually introduced as well hundreds of ways that lead to our death and remind us that we are mortal. The coronavirus is one of those things. It may not be the result of sin, but it certainly is reminding us about our mortality. And our mortality reminds us that we need to deal with our disobedience to God. Now another important reality about mortality is that our future is decided while we are mortal what you and I are doing right now in this life while we are mortal every single day is deciding our future listen to these words of Jesus he said this in chapter 12 verse 25 of the Gospel of John Jesus said anyone who loves their life will lose it while anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life wow jesus is making it pretty clear that if we decide to do, or what we decide to do in this life will affect our future see our future is decided right now jesus is talking about a mindset while we have that we have while we're here on earth. And there's two ways that we can be thinking that lead to the way we are living. The first is I can love my life here on earth. Just love my life here on earth. The second is I can hate my life here on earth. Now look at these two dichotomies. Jesus said when we love our life here on earth, then it's clear that we are focused on earthly things not on heavenly things. Colossians 3.2 said, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The Passion Translation says it like this, fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. See, what Jesus is saying is that this realm, the earthly realm, now, because it's full of sin now, and sin is dominating it, and mortality is dominating it, we shouldn't focus all of our attention on this life. See, when somebody loves life here, then life is about what I want right now, what pleasure I can have in this life, what I can accumulate in this lifetime, and doing all that we can with the amount of time we have on earth. And that's short-minded. We also have a word for that, it's called narcissism. But when Jesus says, we hate this world, he's actually referring to the sinfulness of this world, to the philosophies of men that have denied God and want to live outside of the purposes and plans of God. See, what Jesus is encouraging us as believers in Christ is that we should live differently. We should live with a different mentality and a different outlook on life. We should see life from an eternal perspective. Therefore, we understand that what's eternal is more important than what's mortal. This is why Jesus is more important than anything else in our life. He's more important than sports, hobbies, pleasures, amassing wealth, and all of the distractions that our world has to offer. So we focus our life on making disciples teaching people the commands of Jesus being in relationships that honor the Lord and growing in Christ Jesus said it like this in the Lord's Prayer your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in other words I'm thinking about heavenly things my life is about what's going on in heaven and how I want that here but the reality the more important part is heaven not earth See, a follower of Jesus understands that life after earth is going to be way better than life here. And so we focus more of our life here on preparing for the next life. It's kind of like a caterpillar. A caterpillar doesn't settle in on being a caterpillar, it knows something much greater is coming. So it prepares for its life as a butterfly because it knows that life as a butterfly is so much greater than life as a caterpillar. This is the life of a believer in Christ. Now, the implication Jesus is making is that our future is decided while we are mortal, right now, today. While we are here, our thinking is affecting our actions and the way we live life. Our thinking and our life is also communicating to God what we think about Him. If life or, or if during this life we thought only about ourselves, we thought only about this world, we thought only about what we could accumulate, we thought only about ourselves, and we didn't care at all what God thinks or what God is doing or what God wants to do in our life, then we're communicating something to God. We're communicating that we want nothing to do with him. This thinking will challenge our life now, but will also affect our future. Because when we die, and when our mortality is over, God will give us what we communicated to him. And if we communicated to him our entire life now, while we're mortal, if we said, I want nothing to do with you, then God will give us what we want. He'll give us exactly what we want, and that is nothing to do with him. And that, my friends, is a very sad future, a very consequential future that you and I do not want to be a part of. So we need to make our decision about Jesus, about God the Father, and about the Holy Spirit now, today. Hebrews 9.27 says, Every human being is appointed to die once and then to face judgment. See, the Bible is very clear. God will hold us accountable to what we thought and how we lived He will look at our life and see if we made Him the leader of our life or if we chose to lead our own life without Him. And God gives us this life, this time, every day to make our decision about our relationship with Him, about our future, about our immortality. Now the absolutely amazing thing about God is He doesn't say, You know what? Just figure all this out on your own. You know what? You you got yourself into this. Get yourself out of it. God doesn't do that. God said, I'll come and help you figure all this out. So he gave us the written word, the Bible. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he does things all the time. He's done miraculous things. He's shown himself and proven himself. And then he came. He left his throne in heaven. He left his perfection and his power and his authority. He left heaven, came here, and said, let me help you even more figure this out. That's why Jesus came to earth. That's why he taught us things. That's why they're recorded in the New Testament. That's why he modeled for us and helped us understand what he was thinking by the way he treated people and by the, the things he said And then, most importantly, he died on the cross and he rose from the dead so that you and I would understand by him being here how much he loved us and how much he wanted to be in relationship with us. See, the last thing we need to understand about our mortality is this, that the cross and resurrection of Jesus are the key to our immortality look at another very important verse about this it's found over in the new testament in 1 corinthians chapter 15 where the apostle paul spends a good amount of time here talking about the resurrection of jesus christ and its importance in our life listen to what he says in verses 53 down to 57 he said for the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Man, what a good verse reminding us about mortality and immortality, the perishable and the imperishable. Now, these are thoughts and ideas about our life and about our world. The Bible says it very clearly here that there will be a day there will be a moment where these things will come together and mortality will end and immortality will start and in that moment we will see that death has been swallowed up in victory and that victory started on the cross That victory had a moment, had a beginning. And that victory began on the cross of Jesus Christ. See, the the cross paid the price for our sin. It means you and I don't have to be stuck in the curse of sin. We don't have to be stuck in our mortal state. The resurrection says, death has no hold on me. Death has no victory in my life. Death has no sting. When we believe in Jesus' resurrection, we only have victory. See, the resurrection connects us to Jesus, who is immortal. And Jesus, who is immortal, empowers us to be immortal as well. When we put all of our trust, all of our hope, all of our life in him. The New Testament writers called it being in Christ, just in relationship with Christ, that our life was completely wrapped up in who Jesus is, not in this world, but in him and in our future with him. Now this is why we celebrate Jesus' death and resurrection through a tradition we call communion. So I'm gonna ask you really quick, even if you have to pause this, Go grab your communion elements and let's take communion together. All right, I had to adjust a little bit there because my communion elements fell on the ground. Luckily I had another one in a baggie. All right, so I've got my bread and I've got my juice and these things represent two very important things that remind us that Jesus came as the answer to our mortality. He wanted us to be immortal. Why? Because he's immortal, and he wants us to live with him forever. But if we stay stuck in our sin, then we're stuck in death. And if we're stuck in death, we can't live an eternal life. And so Jesus came, and he died on a cross. And while he was on the cross, his body went through a lot. And this bread reminds us of his body. That on the cross, he was tortured and just went through a horrible death for you and I. This bread reminds us of his body and it hanging on the cross for you and me. This juice reminds us of his blood. Blood is life. And Jesus allowed all of the blood to come out of his body so that he could die for us. And as his blood was coming out of his body and as he hung on that cross, the Bible tells us this, that all of our sin, all of my sin, all of your sin, all of the sin of all of humanity was placed upon Jesus and he died for our sin. At that moment, at that moment, you and I had victory over death. Because when we believe in what Jesus did, with His body and with His blood, His death and resurrection, then you and I can no longer have to be stuck in a mortal state, but we become immortal. Let's thank Jesus for this. Jesus, we thank you so much that this is the reality we have in you. We recognize that our mortality is a result of sin. We recognize that We need to make our decision right now in this life about where we want to live in the future. Do we want to live with you or we want to do this on our own? And Jesus, we thank you for the cross and the resurrection. We thank you that you came and you showed us what it means to have a relationship with you and you made it possible and you made it awesome. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you today with this bread and this juice. We take it in remembrance of you, in remembrance of your goodness, of your awesomeness, of your love, your grace, your peace, and your joy that floods our life as we're in relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for loving Jesus and serving him and being a part of his family that we call the church. I want to remind you that, uh, Jesus is doing good things right now. He's doing good things in you. He's doing good things in me. He's doing good things in our church and in our city. It looks different, but he's still at work. And the Holy Spirit is still touching people worldwide. And I want to pray that you continue to creatively connect with people in our church at Cheney Faith Center. To own your faith. Say, this is a time where I can grow. And to contend in prayer. Well, have a great day. And always remember, Jesus loves you very much. So do Kate and I. Bye.
2: Yes. has promised good to me his word The whole earth echoing his immanence. His name would burst from sea and sky. From my life Christ be magnified in me
0: Let's sing this next song out. We're going to kind of do it acapella style. It's nothing but the blood. So Let's sing What Can Wash Away My Sin.
2: What can wash away nothing but the blood of Jesus, what can but the blood of Jesus this is all my righteousness nothing but the blood of Jesus oh precious is a flow that makes me white as snow no
0: Lord God, we just simply give you praise and thanks that we are washed as white as snow, that we are made righteous through you, Lord. That's through your blood. Nothing but the blood. So Lord, let us remember that truth and that fact that you have made us whole. You have given us hope. God, we give you thanks that you have sacrificed your life for us. And God, give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.